This episode is great for visual artists, designers, and people interested in tragic backstories. So me and my dad created a roster of characters in a book when I was a kid. He's passed, so that's kind of like the reason that I've created like that sentimental value to it and those characters will be pretty prominent throughout the world like my main character is one of the characters that he created this week we welcome back over it man for his third appearance over it man is a 2d and 3d visual artist with a focus on character driven experiences point is it is <laughs> you know what the best part of that was that was a visual joke in a podcast <laughs> that's exactly what we need oh <laughs> Sorry for all you guys. I'm just going to explain it. I'm getting up now. (laughs) In this week's episode, we talked about the impact of tertiary education in the arts. I must have gotten in my head that I had to go to uni for art, which is not the case at all. Getting into galleries as an artist. And even though I know I could apply for gallery shows or like apply for that type of stuff, I like I choose not to. And the over it origins. Creating for the purpose of someone that is never going to see my stuff that's why i keep creating and that's why like i keep doing my stuff is because i know for a fact it's never gonna it's never gonna reach him you know ready yeah you ready sure okay <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to first show my name is frank Mink, and i'm joined as always by my beautiful co-host Joe Murray, did you Hello just take like a sip yeah. during the intro? That was a terrible time. That I was so that. disrespectful. Whenever I have <laughs> a drink with me, I always have it at the worst time. Yeah, sorry. And we are joined again for the third time by beautiful guest, Over It Man. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Over It Man. He's over it, man. I'm over it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you really, really quickly want to give... We covered a lot of ground in the... Uh, we have a full episode with you and Ian as well, which I'll link. That'll be like the the required reading for this episode. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to watch another episode of me, uh, it's back like a couple of months ago. That'd be cool. Check it out. <laughs> the first like major guest episode that we did before the live show. Um, but do you want to really quickly give your like artist bio? Who are you? What do you do? Um, so I am a visual artist artist well yeah i'd say broadly just a visual artist uh i i tap around with a little bit of graphic design um recently i've been working on a bunch of like world building type of projects where i can um use my characters well i'm a character designer most of all like i like to create characters based on people and places and so i like to use those characters in ways that are I don't know. I like to build worlds around characters and recently I've been building the actual worlds around the characters and gaining the skills to be able to, you know, broaden my own horizons. So yeah, I'd just say that there's there's potential for the work that I'm creating recently. I would say that that's, that's a description of me at this point. In the last one, we were, we talked about you were prepping for your show at the time. Oh, um, Yeah. You were prepping for your show um, and you were starting to dabble more in 3D stuff at the time. Um, the yeah. show is gone. It's happened. It did. Um, and you're really delving into the 3D stuff now. So do you want to talk about maybe the show first and then we can start talking about some 3D stuff? Um, so the show went great. It was on the 27th of March, my birthday, 21st birthday. I'm 21 now, but 
no, so the show went really good and um, overall that was just a milestone or like a a show to show off what I'd been making over the past few years and how like my progress had been made. Um, but yeah, no, I've been, I've been expanding on that and building on that. It was also a book release. So I released, I released a book that had all of my characters at that time and had all of the sketches based on the characters that I was making. And so just expanding off of that, like recently has been tiring, but it's also been like something that I've been able to look back at and go like, oh shit, I'm creating like this whole world. And when I'm like not feeling myself or I'm not, I'm not feeling like the way that I should be, I just reflect on the work that I've been making and I create works based on those works, like, or create, uh, go back and look at it and I'm like, oh, I could add that character, I could connect that character to another character and create like more of a backstory for like, I don't know, it's a bit all over the place at the moment, but it's it's becoming more cohesive and it's, it's I'm I'm building those worlds. So, yeah, I'd say that. But the show was very good. And for those of you who didn't come... <laughs> come to the next one. Come to the next one because it's actually going to be so epic. It was a super cool show. Um, it was. I don't know if you've noticed, but the picture from your show is my Facebook profile photo. I know. If you guys want to find Frank on Facebook... <laughs> I don't think you can because it's a very different name for uh, its on purpose purposes. Um, You're but so right. Let's talk a little bit about your 3D work. Um, you really delved into that after the show, I think. I mean, you already did yeah. quite a bit before that, but I think that that was a real turning point for you. What was the decision to go into 3D like, and what's that experience been? Um, so, I originally dove into 3D thinking that I was going to do it just f- for the purposes of expanding my horizons, but also just finding a new skill and like making a bit of money off of it. But recently I've like realized that, you know, I can combine both of my sort of practices that I tried to um, separate and now I'm able to combine them both and create a product that is much more dense or much more, you know, I don't know, has much more validity to me. Mm. Does that make sense? Like bringing them together in a way that I didn't realize that I could have done and it's only just occurred to me that I'm like able to do that so it's been really nice mm. anyway why um why 3D then why did you go down that path that is a really good question actually i don't really know the reason that i wanted to get into 3D i just knew that uh it kind of intrigued me like people making like well i obviously love watching movies and stuff so like trying to get into animation i haven't got there yet i've just gotten into basic like rigging and like modeling but i'm getting i'm getting further and further towards like animating and like creating my own kind of universes and shows but that's a whole different playing field that i'm eventually gonna break into or like learn about more but for the time being i'm just gaining the fundamental skills to be able to create a 3d world and create characters and then once I've built the world and the characters then I'm able to like kind of combine it all and like make my story more 
story-like, I guess. Like, make it understandable for a viewer. Mm. Yeah, that makes more sense. And your work is really, like, story-driven, like you were saying. All your characters have backstories. Like, you create them, and immediately there's, like, you come up with this, like, paragraph backstory for them. Um, I've never written it, though. No, I but, just, you, but you always have it in your head. Yeah, so there's always, like... There's always, like, a reason that I'm making a character or, like, I'll dr- sometimes I'll, like, draw a character and I'll be, like, oh, this is cool. And then I, like, think about it and then I'm, like, oh, that actually has a purpose. Like, I actually made that for, like, some reason. Mm. And, you know, like, although I love, like, making stuff just randomly, like, there's always some some reason behind it or, like, some, I don't know, some meaning. Yeah. Is there a plan in the future to make a cohesive story about your characters to connect it all in some way? I am wanting to do like little animations based on like character origins and stuff like that. Like diving deeper visually because I'm, you know, I'm I'm not uh I'm not a reader, so I would I I don't read books very often, so like I wouldn't want to write paragraphs based on stuff if I don't find it fun you know like i would want to create um visual storytelling that like like comic books or like moving comic books or like i was looking at like how people create graphic novels that like move and like the motion of like the graphic novels like live like live graphic novels like animated graphic novels Mm. but like yeah so turning it into some like tactile experience that the viewer can take part in yeah, well, essentially, I mean, it's just, like, it's something that enhances, like, like, the story more without making it, like, a fully anima- animated flick or, like, yeah. Is that something you feel like you've missed in other content as a consumer? Like, miss, like, the story or, like, the... Miss the, that, like, that... Yeah, interactivity and, like, bringing you in even more. Yeah, I mean, I've... I've, I've I mean... Per- it's a personal thing for me because like I've always found it hard to like read or like um, consume like dense amounts of text. And so like the only way that I can understand is through visuals. And like, I think that that in itself is like a meaning for me to put out this content that I would consume and see like, the interaction that other people have with it because that's like the most interesting part is like seeing how like people actually interact with it or how people factor it into their lives or like what they think about it or like how they review it I guess Mm. yeah it's kind of like I don't know it's fun like it's me it's me like putting myself on the line essentially but it's also like it's a lot of my personal um, like the things that I would personally like or like things that I would personally do obviously through my own style or like a style that I've appropriated from a bunch of different styles you know which is essentially what a style is like you've got to appropriate it from somewhere so I've just kind of stuck with mine mm. for a while and where created does, Where does yours come from then? If you're saying that, that style is appropriated from other pieces where would you say that yours is grown from I don't want to say pinched because it's not entirely true well I'd definitely say like like shows that I used to watch when I was a kid like Ben 10 or like I don't know Rick and Morty more recently like that that stuff's kind of like 
I don't know, it wasn't recent, but it was like stuff that kind of made me think, oh, well, if I put this on this character in this way, like it made me think about like shape and like silhouette and like how my characters can be created and what, how the, they are created and what that means mm. in comparison to the, the actual context of the character. Like I like thinking about that stuff and I like I like doing it. I guess it's just like a flow that I've gained a rhythm of or like and it keeps growing obviously like it's I'm I'm ne I don't like to stay stagnant like cuz it's like I'll be working on like well my work my workflow is like I'll be working on one like 3D piece that is like completely different to my 2D work and then I'll switch it up again cuz like I can't stay in the same mindset because I, I it, it it um is it makes me feel like stagnant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um so I put out a little call on Instagram for questions from people because I thought we've, you know, you've been on the podcast 3 times now. Um we've asked you a lot of questions over those yeah. couple appearances. So that I get some from other people. Um, so I'll kind of I'll try to spread them out over the episode, so we're not yeah, just asking sure. Instagram questions. But um, this first one, which ties in quite nicely, is from Jackson Cooper. Um, how did you develop your style when you were starting out? I mean, I would say I would say I was looking back at my sketchbooks from like, like at least like four or five years ago, and I would say that there's there's a little bit of my style there still, but um, I don't know. It was just like. There's a lot of, I never really used to trace or like do any of that stuff because I always thought it was wrong. Like I always thought the tracing was wrong, which is not at all. And people like are very free to do it. I just always was like, oh, I'm going to take that and put that there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. I really like that part. So I'm going to draw that. And so I just like compiled a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of like styles together, like based on like what I would viewing or, like, what I liked to consume, I guess. Like, you know, as I said, like, I can never think about it on the podcast because I'm, like, I feel like I'm put on the spot. But, like, Ben 10 was one of my favorite shows. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know, like, a lot of other shows. But I know for a fact that I used to watch a lot of cartoons. Like, Looney Tunes and stuff like that. Like, I love that stuff. And Simpsons, like, that, that stuff is, like, what I grew up with. So, it's, like... Although it wasn't super prominent, like, I was very much into drawing from, like, a very early age. So, it's, like, it's always been there. Sorry, did that answer the question? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've noticed with some of your characters, too, that they have very, like, prominent features. Some of them. You're talking phallic? <laughs> <laughs> where, where did that style come from, then? Like, what do you mean prominent some parts of a character will be bigger than like a normal person would be or or be smaller like it's all like warped. accentuated yeah yeah i would say that i would say that it comes from like caricatures like i love caricatures but i never got into drawing them myself cuz i was always like too scared of what people like thought if if you were to draw someone they're like oh that looks nothing like me i was always scared of that so i never i never did it so i just like draw characters of people and not tell them so it's like you know, no one needs to know, and it's like that's how it kind of started, and now it's now it's kind of just how it is, you know. Mm. 
and I don't create new characters very often depending on like I don't know I would just say that accentuating stuff creates more vulnerability I guess you know and when you see a caricature you're like oh is that is that part about me like really big or like is that is my nose does my nose seriously look like that <laughs> or it's like it's like a vulnerability thing which is like really cool to explore but if you take out the context of that it's someone else then there's no context there so it's like you're accentuating what they don't know about if that makes sense mm. would you ever show that to someone be like yo this is you i've done it before mm. but you know it's my world, man. It's not like there's no characters that I've created that I've been out of like pure like hate or like right. anything no like that. Like there's no if I create a character for someone, you know, I obviously care about them. Mm. So it's like through all of that, like it's um they're all meaningful. So it's like not it's not to be taken like to heart you know and what's your what's your actual process like in making a character like how do you how do you start what's like what do you do honestly i have no clue i kind (laughs) of just dude i just kind of draw like it's not i guess like some of the time it's like pulled from cartoons but it's like only certain features that i'm like fuck that's a sick feature i need to make a new character and i'm doing it for this purpose but it has nothing to do with them. So there'd be like stuff that I put on a character, like the height of the ears or like big eyes or something that like doesn't necessarily have to do with the person, but it also has to do with the time that I'm making it. Like it's not, there's mean, there's context in multiple facets. Yeah. After you've made a character, does the backstory come during the creation or is it something that you kind of sit down and think about like what's what does that look like for you or is it just like you you have the character made and you go okay this is the backstory like it kind of comes with the character once it exists i would say a bit of both i would say like it's you know a bit of me going oh i know what the meaning is i know what i want to make so i'm going to draw it Mm. like i've done that a few times recently but then most of the time it's just like I need to make this character to fit in with my world, to do this specific task for my world, if that makes sense. Like, it's not always uh, a rhyme or a reason, you know? So, does the world come first then? Are you making that character, like, every time are you making that character to fit in that world? Like, there's a part of this world that's, there's something in this world that's missing, it needs this, or? Not always. Sometimes it's like I'll create a character and then I'll go, that's the earth that they sit on. Like, that's the world that they sit on. And then I'll kind of debate, like, based on that, you know. Moving on to another uh, Instagram question. Slightly less less deep, but I really want to know the answer. Um, this one's from Blake Hardy. What's your favorite dinosaur? A pterodactyl. Is it actually a pterodactyl? I don't even know. I've never thought about that. Um, rawr. Um. <laughs> good answer good answer <laughs> no I would say yeah pterodactyl man it's pterodactyl I keep saying pterodactyl oh that's not a bit you're just actually saying that oh uh, yeah that was an accident sorry <laughs> um 
No, I'd say pterodactyl because I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to fly. I would like to fly. I would also like to play. Mine's mm. a Velociraptor. Not that anyone asked. I can really think yeah. about. No, no one asked. But yeah. anyway, move on. Next question. <laughs> next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question is is kind of an extension of what we were talking about before in terms of characters. This one's from Spot Willows. How do you add the complexity of storyline and personality to the characters that you create? So that's kind of what we were talking about with um, coming up with the characters. But I think I would say it's more gradual. Yeah. Like. Fitting them into my story is very gradual. So it's like, I won't always know where they're going to go. Like like me, I don't know where I always am, you know? I'm lost. Where am <laughs> I? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I guess, um, I don't always know where a character is going to go or like where it's going to be. Like, I guess it's just like depends on like what I'm feeling or like where I'm feeling that the character should go, I guess. Mm. It's not, it's not a matter of like, always making it for a specific thing, you know? Mm. Yeah. And in, in creating those characters, does your past, does your history play a factor in what a character might look like? Yeah, of course. Mm. I mean, sometimes. Like, maybe I'll, I'll try and reminisce on, like, my past. So I'll, like, pick a character from my past and, like, kind of revamp it and then create more connotation for it. Mm. Or, like, create that little bit extra connotation for it based on what I'm feeling at the time or like what I'm going through or feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And in your book, you, at, at your show, you, you sold a book. Yeah. Um, that was your first art book, right? That you sold. Yeah. That yeah. was essentially my first like professional anything, to be honest. Like right. I've done t-shirts. I've done, I've done prints, but you know, nothing is like sturdy as like a fucking nice book. Mm. Like, and it is a beautiful book. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. If you guys want one, I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got I've still got some left, so you know, you want to hit them up. Hit me um, up. I did buy one at the show and it sits on my desk. I have a, I have a pile of books on my desk of art books and um mine like is on the top. Um, and if it's not and you say that it's not, that, then that was a very it's actually on the bottom. <laughs> it's it's actually Well, that wouldn't make sense. It's too small. I'll be totally honest with you. It is second from the top. Oh, okay. So what's on the top? The Batman art book because mm. I'm currently reading it. <laughs> Batman didn't. That's the only reason though. <laughs> That's the only reason because I'm currently reading it. But yes, it, no, it is normally in height order. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm not going to get offended. <laughs> <laughs> but point point is, it is... He's, <laughs> 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 he's out here. That was a, you know what the best part of that was? That was a visual joke in a podcast. <laughs> That's exactly what we needed. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry for all you guys. I'm just going to explain it. I'm getting up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I brought up the book, though, was, A, it's a fantastic book. Um, but, B, at the end, you have, like, 30 pages of sketches um, yes. from your your life and your childhood and just, like, a bunch of drawings from over the years. And I thought that was really, really cool, um, especially now that we're talking about kind of your style in seeing that the way... the not the way that you've drawn, because technically you've obviously improved a lot, but the the same feel is there in your really early drawings, yeah. Compared to your current ones, um, what was that like when you were going through all of those old drawings, and and how does that play a part in your in your in making that book? I would say that 
not all of those sketchbook pages were based on old characters. I would say that there were some days when I was feeling like, oh, I want to go back and kind of pick some characters back up. Mm -hmm. But majority of them kind of were. And it was like, it was more like, I want to add them into the book because they have sentimental value to me. Because, um, so me and my dad created, um, a roster of characters in a book when I was a kid. Um, he's passed. So that's kind of like the reason that I've created like that sentimental value to it. And those characters will be pretty prominent throughout the world. Like my main character is one of the characters that he created. Like, so it's, it's all like, it's all kind of, um, it created the start of that sentimental, like, part of my practice like that that meaningful part of my practice and like even though I've gone to uni and they've taught you like oh like you've got to think of a meaning for everything or like there's going to be a context behind everything like there's always been a context behind everything no matter like what you know I'm creating you know Mm. can you tell the story of your dad drawing that character well I don't really remember to be honest I was I was two Oh, wow. Okay, so it goes that far back. Yeah, so we were drawing in a book together uh, when I was two. And um, it's a little Harry Potter book. And I, um, fortunately, I got, to, I got to keep it. And I still have it to this day. And some of the, some of the scans from the book are actually in my book. Mm. So those main like little characters um, are in that book. So, yeah. Would you say that that experience drawing with your dad when you were so young was a big influence on why you still create art now? I would say that that is the main influence of why I create right now. It's like, you know, not to get too personal, but it's like, you know, trying to, trying to live up to something that, um, you know, might, that I might never live up to, you know, Mm. creating for the purpose of someone that, is never going to see my stuff. Mm. So, you know, that's why I keep creating and that's why, like, I keep doing my stuff is because I know for a fact that, you know, it's never going to, it's never going to reach him, you know. Mm. And is it kind of a way for you to connect with his memory then? Definitely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know him that well. So, you know, there's, there's that disconnect, but also like there's one solid attachment that's sticking with me for life, you know, mm. the fact that I can draw now yeah, and the fact that I've kept drawing and strive to make my job. Even when I was in primary school, I was like, you know, I'm going to go to art school and I did it and I'm done and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my stuff now mm. and I'm expanding and it only like keep expanding. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stop mm. until you stop. Yeah. That was semi-motivational. That was, that was really motivating. I got I got a little bit motivated from that. Yeah, good. No, but that's something that we, we talked about last week with um, Daniel and Ree, and we've talked about in a lot of the interview episodes, actually, is the, that idea of having one thing that, that changes everything or one key motivating point that you keep coming back to every single day. Um, and I find it so interesting that like every artist that takes it really seriously has that motivator. Like that. Every artist that is damaged, man. Yeah. Every artist has that one thing. You know, it's like the defining backstory. It's like a it's like your your Batman moment. Mm. 
Mm. Like, that was a little reference to your little Batman book that's on top of mine. But, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but for cereal though, like everyone has, you know, I'm not, I'm not usually a sappy person or I'm not usually um, someone who goes on about, oh, I, I do this because I like, care so much like I try to keep it as lighthearted as possible but there's always you know that sentiments you know there's always mm-hmm. that that meaning you know yeah it's but always I mean, gonna be there so. yeah but I mean you're allowed to care oh uh, of course I care and yeah. you know when I start talking about it like you can obviously see that I care mm. like because there's there's passion there you yeah. know and as I said in my last solo uh, solo episode like you've got to keep with the passion otherwise like there's no point mm. at all like, as soon as it dies, like, you, you you can't, you know, you can try and revive it, but, you know, you've just lost a part of you. Have yeah. you ever felt a moment? Have you ever been in a moment where you felt that slipping away? Yeah, no, for sure. That's when I was, when I decided I was going to get another job because it was, I was constantly trying to get jobs from people and I was, like, constantly earning not a lot of money but I was constantly getting jobs and I was like this is not something that I want this is not like it was it was full time enough to like be able to live and like you know kind of support what I was doing at the time but you know I just had to take a step back and like just like actually look at like what I'm doing and although although like gave me the skills to like be able to do what I'm doing now and I like fully appreciate it like that's, that's if I kept going I would have completely burnt out and I would have not wanted to do what I'm doing now mm. but yeah what made what made you keep going what made you push on just the fact that I had that little break you know mm. and the fact that I just like wasn't fully relying on like I wasn't fully thinking about money all the time and I was actually actively thinking about the art instead of, you know, I need to, I need to make some money for this week. Cause you know, that validation doesn't help, mm-hmm. you know, the validation of knowing, Oh, I need to make money this week and I'm going to use art as a way to make money. For me, it didn't work in the context of what I was actually doing and it wasn't making me happy. So I, you know, decided to like drop it for a bit which is, you know, a very good choice for me. Is there a healthy way, do you think, that you can do that? I definitely think there's a healthy way that I can do it. Like, people love my book and that people keep buying them. And if I, like, just sell a few books a week or I, like, even push out more products, like, I'd be able to make money on my own stuff, you know. But I'm still happy to work my job and kind of ground myself in that you know, because it just gives me like time to be able to make the stuff that I want to make and then actively pursue like what I want to make and like my style and like while I know that I'm semi-stable financially, I guess. Yeah. I know that we talked about that last time because last time you just gotten that casual job. Yeah. And you were talking a lot about that. Um, So that, experience has kind of changed your view on 
creating art then. Yeah, for sure. And like, I work like maybe, I, I used to, back then I was working like five days a week and I was like, I was enjoying working and then I kind of lost that and I was like, okay, I can kind of take a step back now. I have a decent amount of money and then I started working like maybe two times a week and I pulled it back and I was getting kind of down. Like mentally I was becoming more down because I realized like I was in the studio kind of doing my like job again. I was kind of like taking 3D jobs on again and I was like, what am I doing? I need to like, I want to grow my own brand. So I split my job and then I, I started working on my stuff and you know it made me happy again and I was like I'm like still in a stage where I'm like you know I'm happy to I'm happy to work and then I'm also happy to you know do my stuff on the side for a bit and then when it when it comes time you know when I create a dense amount of work that I really want to show off then I'll I might have another show or like I might start putting out purchasable items, you know, stuff like that that can financially help me or my brand. So those are the next steps for you then to move towards that kind of healthier form of making art your sole income. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, you got to make a dollar how you got to make a dollar, you know. I, I, like, I completely get that. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to keep making money off of my art, like, I just didn't think it was healthy enough for me personally. Yeah. Because I was doing jobs that I didn't even feel anything towards. And I guess like you do have to do that. Like as artists who are trying to make it up, you know, you, you do have to do the dirty stuff first, obviously. Mm. But you know, if you, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of just how I've been thinking about it personally. And uh, I think that, you know, it's been good. Mm. It's been good. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. As a kind of an extension of that, um, this one's from our friend Tom, Drip T. Um, hey, Tom. Hey, buddy. Uh, he's asked, why do you make art for yourself? Like, what is its purpose in your life? And I think that's kind of a good extension of what we were just talking about. I mean, I've kind of explained it a bit. I mean, it, I guess it's just my sentiments, like, towards living, you know, it's creating moments and creating capture. It's like a capsule. Think of characters as capsules for moments. Mm. And they're only like, it's like a, it's like a journal. Like it's not an everyday journal, but it's a, it's a journal that like keeps me running and that it gives me like, like all these characters to work with and then all these characters to create backstories with. It keeps me, keeps me going, <laughs> you know? Do you think if you weren't doing your own art, like if you were just working on other people's projects and you weren't doing your own stuff, do you reckon you'd still be drawing today? I think I'd still be drawing. I don't think I'd be as like happy as I am, you know? I think that, you know, doing it was still like really cool and like it was a really good experience, but it just like kind of helped me get to where I am now and it's just like, you know... I can I can have that balance of like doing what I want and then doing you know my job and then you know I'll eventually go back to like doing client work but I want you know I want the clients to like me for my style you know 
And I guess that's not always how it is because that's not how it's been in the past. But, you know, I can wish <laughs> on a star. <laughs> I, can, I can make a wish. I can, I can, a boy can dream. Boy can dream. <laughs> you took a, a fairly traditional path, though, in art, I think, um, going through, you know, you did an arts degree, you went through uni, you did the whole 10 yards. Um, what, A, what made you decide to go to uni for art? And what was that experience actually like for you? How did that impact your artistic journey? I always said that I would go to uni for art or like at least do like tertiary education outside of school for art. But there was never... Why though? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I must have gotten in my head that I had to go to uni for art, which is not the case at all. If you've watched any of these recent podcasts especially germs podcast like you do not have to go to uni for art i don't know that maggie went to tafe which is fair that's very practical like i would recommend tafe because i i think that i mean i would recommend both depending on what you're trying to do like university is very is very um theory based which for me was really hard because i'm not I'm not a theory person, like I, I don't like write-ups, so I was getting help with my write-ups, but I think that practically working in the industry or, and just getting out there is something that like, you know, it's the hardest part, but it needs to be done, you know, it, you, need to, you need to do it, otherwise like there's no... Fuck, I'm just motivational, huh? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying motivational shit now. Okay, I'm going to... No, but it does need to... Ha- like, you're the only person that's going to get yourself out there, you know? What value then did you see in going to... Or studying art further over just doing it yourself? You know, I actually... You know, I don't like to say it, but I did actually learn so much from uni. Looking back, like, you never realise how much you know, you've learned something until you've passed that stage and you've reflected on it. And it's like, I learned how to do write-ups and I learned how to like apply for like gallery shows and I learned how to kind of navigate my way within like a, within the like contemporary art society in, in the, in Brisbane or in, well, generally, but also I'm just like very much into the street art aspect of it. And even though I know like I could apply for gallery shows or like apply for that type of stuff, I like I choose not to. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's. Uh, I guess it's like a bit of a choice, but it's also like I'm trying to navigate a way that my style can be shown within a gallery and trying to create a context that would, in my brain, work within a gallery setting. Mm. If that makes a bit of sense. Yeah. So is that what you're working towards now, Ben? Definitely. Um, I'm, 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 it's in the back of my mind, but I'm kind of thinking like, what would you put in a gallery or like what? I'm really, I'm really stubborn about it, I guess. So I'm like, what would I want to see in a gallery? Or what would I want? Like, I don't know, to be honest. This question has me stumped. <laughs> kind of. Do you feel well, like I just can't elaborate it properly. Yeah. Do you feel like there's something stopping you from doing a gallery show like now? No. <laughs> there's literally nothing stopping me. 
but <laughs> the only thing that's stopping me is myself. You know? What do you mean? Is my my ability to to create something that I think is at the standard of a gallery show or that something that I think I would like to put into a high art gallery. You know? Do you have an idea in your head of what that difference between what you're I would want to make making? fun of it. I would want to make you want to fun. make fun of the gallery or being the fact that you're in the gallery. Yeah, I would want to put a a three D gallery inside of the gallery, right? With I a bunch of saying. fucking okay. like asses in it, like a bunch <laughs> of donkeys, you know? Right. You know, a bunch of don- donkeys like taking shits on the ground or some shit. That would be the funniest shit, you know? And people love that like appropriation of like old work. So like even taking like really old renaissance pieces and just absolutely like tearing it you know i don't know i think that shit's funny but you know i also got to think of the context behind it and like how you know the work before i'm taking the work and appropriating it how it affected you know the time and like how it still holds up yeah do you think there's there's room within your work over the next say decade to move more into a modern art space where you're doing kind of more installation-based things? Fuck yeah, I can. I can adapt, man. I've le- I've learned... <laughs> I've, no, no, no. Like, I've learned how to adapt my style to a point of, like, trying to work it into every genre. Like, I've gone from photography to 3D and I'm even thinking, like, then you can go into animation and you can work with performance art then you can work with... You can put all this stuff into, you can work it into everything. And it's, that's why it's so like diverse. Like it feels diverse for me because I think that I can spread my wings, you know, (laughs) if that makes a little bit of sense. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for that. That was stunning. No. Well, did that make a little bit of sense? No, yeah, it did. Um, I went to... The Mocha in Amsterdam, which is a, a modern art gallery, um, and it houses like Keith Haring's and, and Banksy's and, and a bunch of originals. Oh fuck yeah! A um, bunch of other people that I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's really really cool. And I, and going there really kind of expanded my idea of what modern art is and can be. Yeah. And so when I when I was there, I was thinking really specifically of your art and thinking of how that could kind of grow into a space like that. Um, how you can contrast it yeah and they did lots of things like um, turning work like yours like the 3D modelling work into physical sculptures and then displaying like the 3D model next to it Um, and they also had like which I wasn't super keen on but they had a whole NFT wing as well to this modern art gallery which was cool to see but the art in it I don't want to say was bad but it was very derivative like just like the very generic NFTs that you think of when you hear the word NFT. I've said NFT too much, and it sounds like a sound now. Nuft, um, nuft, um, But point being, I do really see a, a space for your art in a place like that in yeah, the near future, for sure. And I hope that in my next show, I'm able to like expand on that and show how I can navigate through the lens of like being in a gallery or at least creating a setting that um, creates that uh, creates that like wave that is able to be picked up by galleries 
or like documenting my work, my work in a way that um, creates like a like a a tidal wave. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but you know, something that really impacts people. Yeah. Well, not even just that. Like something that visually looks like it could be in a gallery. You know. Right. Right. In all seriousness, to be honest, anything can probably be was, in a gallery. Yeah, like I was a also going to say, from you're getting there. You're getting like, I see it in what you're creating now compared to what you were creating when I met you. Yeah. Um, and I that's not a dig at any of your art in any way, but it's just like no. the stuff that you're making now. I really can see as gallery pieces. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think that 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 diversity and that like switch up of like not even style, just like general skill, can help motivate or like push it in a direction that is like technically gallery standard you know <laughs> when you say gallery standard what do you what do you mean what comes I don't know I mind? set myself a bar weirdly set myself a bar that's like oh my gosh this is so contemporary this could be in an art gallery this could be an art exhibition but what does that actually look like I don't know I'm setting a bar that I don't even know about man Literally, maybe it's just like an insecurity of going like, oh, I don't think that this could be in a gallery or it's like, maybe it's just me being too critical of myself, but I know that my stuff could eventually be in a gallery. Like there's no, there's no fucking doubt in that, you know, but you know, I think there is some, I am a critic. I am a very big critic of myself, you know? So what's stopping you is the the quality that you see your own work? Yeah, I guess so. And I feel like a lot of artists have that problem. But, you know, I think that a lot of artists that have that problem just need to strive, you know, just just back themselves, I guess. And I need to do the same. So I'm not, I'm not talking shit. <laughs> uh, trust me, <laughs> I'm not talking any shit. But yeah, next question. <laughs> well funny? the next question is is an extension of that and this is going to be our last of the instagram questions um this one's from sophie delaney do you have a five-year plan and what does it look like fuck a five-year plan do you have a 10-year plan and what does it look like? i had a five-year plan in uni and what did that look like compared to where you are now i don't know i'm pretty sure it had to do with being in a record label so it didn't really have any I was Wait, doing I was doing a project at uni that was a record label and they asked for a five year plan of like specific artists and stuff and I was like had to make them but I never made my own. So it's like where do I see myself in five years? That's a really tough question, you know. Five years is a long time and um Well let's start I with mean, this. What did you want to do now five years ago? Okay, so when I was sixteen I was in grade eleven. I wanted to go to university for art and then I just did it, you know, <laughs> like I didn't, I hated, I hated school. I loved drawing comic books. I, I didn't even say that. My style within, like from when I was a child, I kind of regained my style back after I had like a little comic book period where I used to draw stuff as comic book characters and stuff like that, which I've kind of like put into like my new book and stuff. And it's like, there's definitely that, that 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 avenue there but i don't know i wanted to be a comic book artist and like you know that's every you know that's that's i don't know that was my dream but now i'm kind of putting 
that type of comic book-esque notions into my like video works and like my animations so I can like create that visual like storytelling through you know visuals I guess and I, I just think it's I just think it's funner funner more fun I think it's more fun <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. so that was five years ago did that give you any time to think about what you want to do in five years or I want to be I want to be famous <laughs> I want to be very nah, famous I just I just want to I just want to be steady man I just want to I just want to have a groove you know Emperor's New Groove great movie yeah I know <laughs> no, I just want to I just want to like be able to be in the groove of things and like slowly rely more on like my art and I think that that's 100% possible and you know maybe even get into galleries and stuff you know mm. like I already have connections from uni to be able to propel that but you know I just probably need to rekindle that type of stuff mm. but yeah no that is there a specific project that you have in mind that you'd like to have done maybe within five years? Um, yeah, I mean, I want to I wanna expand my works. I also want to make, like, a game based on, like, m- my characters and, like, put them into, like, like, make these worlds f- that I'm creating, like, feasible for, like, a game. Or, like, even just, like, exploring, like, being able to explore it in like a gallery like setting up a controller in a gallery and just like let people like run through the world and shit i think that that shit would be sick like interactive Mm. get little kids with their little slobbery fucking snotty hands putting it all over the controllers like those xbox controllers that you used to be able to play in like target or something yeah the really ones that are really fucking gross the the cheetos mom can i play the the xbox (laughs) no it looks gross. No, Cleo. Um, <laughs> no. No. Cleo. <laughs> Not the condensation. Stop. No. Um, we do have to bring it to a close, unfortunately. No. We're kind of getting there. Mm. But, um, do you think, Joe? So, was there anything in, in your third time being on the show that you wish we had spoken about or a story you wish you could have told? I don't know. I spoke about a lot today. This was a very good therapy session, you know. <laughs> we <laughs> I, will I be thoroughly, charging you for the full I hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that like, you know, I I mean, I've kind of learned something from this. It's just like, I need to probably back myself more. And like, even talking about this, it's like, I think that artists should back themselves more. And I think that like, I should also back myself more. And, you know, Sometimes when I'm talking about this stuff, it's like I'm actually realizing that I am doing something, even though like most of the time I feel like I'm not. It's because I'm in it, and I'm constantly in it. So I'm like, what the, what the heck am I even doing, man? But yeah, no, I just say like, just be productive, you know. Would you say would you say take a step back every now and then as well? Definitely. Definitely take a step back and reflect. I do that, but I don't do it all the time. But definitely when I do it, I feel I, I, I see my work getting propelled that just that little bit further, you know. Because I think that reflection is a good way of, you know, propelling you forward. And some may say different, but I think that, you know, reflection is probably the main the main factor of 
my work or like even like a lot of artists work i mean you'd have to reflect before like creating something i guess you have to have that context you have to have that meaning to even have the idea of like unless you're thinking like futurism or like stuff like that (laughs) but yeah no i think that yeah i love reflection it's very nice sorry (laughs) um you're the first person on the show that i asked this question to which means that you're the only person that has had any time to think about it. So I'm going to ask you this again. I don't think you remember what this question is, and that's okay. Um, what is your favorite TV show? What is your favorite? No. <laughs> what would your advice be to someone who is looking to start a career or is about to start a career in visual art? Just make sure that you're you're passionate about it, I guess. Like, Just make sure that there is even that passion there. You know, you can't be flip-flopping around because you know you know I don't know I think that if you if you're not in it to win it then there there isn't a point really then it's just a hobby Hmm. you know and you can do it as a hobby like it's fine like do art as a hobby but if you actually want to get into it you need to propel yourself and that's where reflection comes in so you're saying that if you really want to take it seriously as a career, then you need you to need commit. to take it seriously. Yeah, you need to commit to the idea as a whole. Yeah, a hundred percent. Otherwise, then it's just an idea. Mm. Make it real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you? You can find me. I changed my tag so I didn't have to say it, and it wasn't really long this time. It's just overitman.png. On so Instagram? much easier on Instagram. Overitman.png on Instagram. Find me there. Beautiful. And is there any final words that you want to say? I love you, Fro Show Podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you did this last time. We have the tradition with the button. Yes, I um, love the button. So you get to press the button again. Don't forget, it's it's bye, 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 button. Okay? Okay. Yeah? I'm going to yes, do the outro now, and then step. you get to say bye and press the button. All yes. right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Fro Show. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. Thank you. We hope you had a great time. Go check out Zach on all of his socials, and we'll see you next week. Also, go write us on Spotify. Bye. 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 It's playing, but the speaker's not working. You broke the speaker again. It must be dead. It must be dead. It must be dead. Or did you turn it off? Hold on, Zach. Crushed it, dude. Fuck yes. Yeehaw. We out. We out, bitches. (laughs)